AI Murfreesboro. W270AF Murfreesboro. WGNS Murfreesboro. This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Welcome back in after a short, and we did say short, quick commercial break, 8-12 the time as we kick off the action line now. Our first guest joining us in studio, Executive Director Jenny Lamb from the historic Sam Davis home. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, thank you so much for coming in and uh, getting up early with us this morning. Always appreciate the time. Sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, with warm weather comes more folks getting out and want to explore this cool area. Some of us new to the area. Some of us have been here for a little while, but uh, you know, with the warm weather, folks are just getting out and trying to explore and see what's out there, especially since last year was kind of a lost year for a lot of events. And, uh, um, you know, for what you guys do, I'm sure last year was tough. Not a lot of traffic last year, I'm sure, as, as many of us would agree. So uh, really excited to talk about the historic Sam Davis house and, and learn a little bit more about the history and, you know, why is it there and, and what can folks expect this summer for educational activities and just going out there and having some fun? Sure. Well, I've heard it said by locals here in Rutherford County that um, the Sam Davis home is one of the best kept secrets in Rutherford County. And that's exactly what I'm trying to get rid of. We don't want to be a secret. We want to see um, all locals. We see a lot of um, tourists every year, but a lot of them are coming from out of state, some even from other countries. And so we really are doing a lot of programming this summer and fall to welcome our community. And so we really want to see more of our locals coming on site and exploring this rich history that's here. And the Sam Davis home has been a museum for a long time. I mean, it became a museum in the 1930s. And many people here don't realize that. So it's been a long around a long time. And um, when we do see locals, we hear them say things like, Oh, I came here as a kid when I was on a field trip in the fourth grade. And so um, and and we still do a lot of field trips, but we've got some rich programming going on. Our education director has done a great job at stacking great programs for adults, which you wouldn't normally think about. Um, but there are lots of great programs coming up. And so we're, we're excited. We're excited to welcome people back. Like you said, last year was a tough year. We did close for a few months because of COVID-19. But um, programming coming up this year is mostly outdoors. And so there's an opportunity for people who are just starting to feel comfortable coming back out to come out and still be able to safely social distance and yet participate in these great programs. Executive Director Jenny Lamb, our guest this morning on the Action Line, we're talking about the historic Sam Davis home. So without giving it away, because I do want folks to take tours and uh, learn a little bit more, but tell us kind of a brief history. Sure. Why is this home uh, historic? 
Right. Well, the um, Davis family um, has lived lived on that property in the 19th century, um, and it was one of the largest farms in Rutherford County, and they were farmers. Um, and so what really I think made it famous or why it's historic and remembered today is because their son, Sam Davis, was a soldier in the Civil War, and he died. And um, some are know him today as the boy hero of the Confederacy. Um, he was hung as a spy during the Civil War. And so because of that, the house um, passed over to the state to become a memorial to Sam Davis. And that was what was taking place at that time in our history. They were taking these homes and creating these memorials or shrines to specific people. Today, we not only talk about the history of Sam Davis, but the history of everyone who lived and worked on that farm, which is important for us to tell a full story. Um, So the narrative has definitely changed over the years, which we're excited to tell the story of everyone who lived and worked there and um, today we do programming to touch on not just the Civil War but everything in the 19th century and it's it's really a unique place because not only can you come and yes take a tour through the house but it's still a working farm so we still have 168 acres of the Davis's original farm and it's still farmed each year and 98 acres of crops grown and um, so it's a place where you can really come and feel like you're stepping back in time and um, it's a great place for local uh, folks to come back and really dig into where they came from and what was Rutherford County like in the 19th century. And kind of cool to take a step back in history and just see the different uh, you know the farming equipment and the way the house is built and just those different things you don't notice but when you go back a hundred plus years you do see these things and it looks a little different it's, it's pretty interesting. Right absolutely we find it um, fascinating when we hold these big living history days that our school children who come to visit are most excited to be able to see a cow up close. I mean, our kids today don't necessarily get that. And so it's um, it's a big opportunity for you to get some hands-on learning just by stepping foot on the property. So I wanted to start off, we can let folks know towards the end here where they can find out more about these events and, and give them uh, phone numbers to call and websites to view. But uh, what are a couple of the events coming up you're excited for? And we mentioned for kids, for adults. I mean, this is this is something you can bring the family. If you want to just go with a, a loved one on a date kind of scenario, bring the kids with you. I mean, mm-hmm. really, this, this kind of fits any uh, scenario just because it's a really interesting type of place. I think you know, most people could uh, could find some interest in it and really enjoy themselves. Absolutely. And I think that that's um, key is, you know, a lot of times when people hear the word museum, they think a place where you have to go and be quiet or not touch. And we definitely are working hard to break those barriers down. We are welcoming everyone from toddlers. We do an awesome program at the last Tuesday of every month called Toddler Tuesday. That's one of our hottest programs. We see so many locals we do hands-on fun learning and so that's a great program 10 a.m the last tuesday of every month toddler tuesday has a different theme and those are listed on our website um but i would also say we've been um really digging into intergenerational learning and so coming to a museum to explore with your parents and your grandparents your kids like we want to see the whole family learning and experiencing together and so we um, started a program called family nights 
that's at the museum. So you don't have to worry about coming and taking a tour and maybe you have kids, but you're with a bunch of other adults who didn't want kids on their tour. It's exactly the opposite of that. So it's an opportunity for everyone to ask questions. There's no, there's no bad question. We want to experience learning on all levels. And so those programs have been really popular. We have an exciting one coming up. I think this is the one I'm most excited about. Um, July 9th, our family night at the museum is actually an overnight camp out. And so this is unique on a museum site for us to welcome guests in to literally pitch a tent and spend the night. And so I'm really excited about that one. We'll be bringing in a professional storyteller, of course, the typical camping like campfires, s'mores, but we'll be doing some really great late night programming that night. So we're opening that to all families. And so that's one I'm really excited about. All righty. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun and, uh, you know, what more more uh, for folks to check out and uh, lots of things coming up. That's Executive Director Jenny Lamb from the historic Sam Davis House. Uh, how long have you uh, been working with these guys? I wanted to ask you and kind of how did you uh, come across this? How did you decide this is what you wanted to do? Were you kind of drawn to the history and uh, the atmosphere and, uh, you know, work with a lot of great folks over there? But how did you uh, how did you land with these guys? Sure. Actually, I was that kid that took a field trip in fourth grade. I went to the Hermitage and fell in love with history and I knew from the fourth grade on that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to share people's stories and and be one of those people who like really inspire the next generation to keep history alive and so I've been in the museum field for about 23 years but um, at the Sam Davis home for the last three and it's been exciting because I um, spent a lot of my career in Nashville at big museums um, for a short time in Virginia and then when I came back Sam Davis home has always been near and dear to my heart Um, I live close to this area and my husband grew up in Rutherford County so when you step back on this place it's just so special because so many of these museums don't have the land still attached and it's just literally so untouched the house looks just like it did when the Davises were here and so it's really a gem here in Rutherford County I'm excited to be part of it Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I had another question for you. We're going to check on that weather real quick, but uh, when we come back, I wanted to ask you more about preserving the house, preserving the land. How is that done? I always wondered these houses, uh, you said they looked how they looked almost 200 years ago. How is that done? We're going to talk more about that when we come back, but let's check on that weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies this afternoon, a high in the mid-90s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies alone near 69. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 70. Broadcasting from the tallest tower in the city with that little red light on top. FM 100.5, FM 101.9, and AM 1450. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the new menu items that we have added is our Salmon Imperial. Our Salmon Imperial is a fresh cut piece of salmon with shrimp and a crab meat blend. And then we've put our Alfredo sauce on top of it. It's great for a low carb diet that you can get with spinach, but also It just has an amazing flavor with a mixture of all those flavors between the shrimp alfredo and then our salmon. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you're starting a home studio, you need to come to Music World and Drummer's Den. 
We also have interface for home recording, podcasts. We have USB microphones, all the equipment you need for home recording or podcast. We are your local music store. You need to come see us. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Welcome back in, folks. Right now, the eight. Uh, right now, the time eight twenty-three. As we welcome uh, Executive Director with the Historical Sam Davis House, Jenny Lamb, back with us. And uh, right before we took a break, I was kind of talking to you about, you know, you guys mentioned this house looks like it looked almost two hundred years ago. How is that done? And when you guys are, you know, certain things, obviously plumbing, electric. There are certain, you know, things that have to be kept up safety-wise, but. Uh, what kind of what's the thought process when you guys say okay let's keep this thing as as classical as it could look as as much as it looked like back in the day, uh, but with also we need to make it you know able for folks to come in and enjoy it and and be safe and uh, take tours. Right. Well, fortunately, because the house became a museum in the 1930s, and it literally went from the Davis family straight into the Sam Davis Memorial Association's hands, there wasn't a lot of altering to the house. So plumbing was actually not put in. There was electrical added, but not even HVAC. So um, when I say you step back in time, I mean like on days like today when it's hot, we're opening windows and putting screens in to like cool the house down. So preservation is its own animal um it it is important for us to be able to take care of the property but in the right way so we want to make sure that we're bringing in um everybody who knows what they're doing when we do major projects on the grounds and it takes a lot of money to do that um these old houses are um they're always something going on and so the best way um, for our community to help with that is to come to these events to become a member to buy a ticket because a lot of folks I think come and visit and think that you we are getting money from the state or from the federal government but we're actually a private nonprofit so we do um, apply for grants and we get um, some grants from Rutherford County and the town of Smyrna but we have to raise funds to take care of all these preservation projects ourselves, and that's an on going part of our mission so it's a it's a big job one of the things i find interesting is uh you know and the camping is a great example if you go to a museum a lot of times you're walking around and you're seeing different things that were moved to the museum from different parts of the world and, and kind of checking out that history this is a little different because you can just walk around it you can live it you can take a stroll through the house walk around the farm uh, and the camping is a great example of that you guys are going to do an overnight camping event tell us a little bit more about that uh and is this all ages are you encouraging bring the kids uh, yes. bring the whole family yes this is a family night at the museum so we really want to see families um kids of all ages are welcome you bring your own tent we'll have areas all around the farm where you um pitch your tent for the night and then we will have that typical um camping experience so even if you've never been camping before this is a place where you can come and like enjoy a bonfire and stories around the fire we're going to do some late night things like um, a scavenger hunt with flashlights around the historic house and those sorts of fun activities so it's going to be a good if you've never been to the museum for a family night it's I would say one of the most exciting programs that you can come and take part in 
All righty. We're looking forward to that. What is the best way for folks to stay on top of this besides listening here on WGNS and, uh, you know, following you guys on social media? Who, uh, where's a good place to go online website-wise? SamDavisHome.org is our website, and there is a tab on our website called Public Programs where you can find all of this information, classes and programs for adults, all the family nights. Um, there's a book club for adults that you can join. All of those things can be found on our website. Social media, of course, is the way where to be um our facebook page under our events tabs have all of these programs listed our instagram we do all kinds of um, listings and shout outs in our story so all of those places are good platforms to kind of keep up with what's going on We'd encourage folks to check out that website because we've only kind of reached the tip of the iceberg as far as events, but there were a couple more events coming up you wanted to mention that are sure. kind of right around the corner. Yeah, and especially to welcome in our, our community, we have um, not only, like I said, those lineup of programs, but big community events. This will be our third annual Bark Bash, which is a festival for dog lovers. So bring your dog. There are all kinds of vendors on site. I believe we're up over 20 vendors coming back this year after a, a kind of a smaller break last year because of covid um there'll be dog rescue sites um there on site so adoptable dogs that day um so it's a great opportunity we have local officials um the mayor judges that come out and judge our doggy costume contest which is always a hit so that is the last saturday in september bark bash so hope folks will come out and then of course this year our most popular program always is ghost tours in october so ghost tours is happening we have other things like a barn dance in september so great live music and all kinds of things going on this fall so if you're welcome to if you're ready to get back out we're welcoming guests and like i said a lot of these programs are outside so you can feel safe to come back out and be able to social distance and yet have a good time. All right. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. We'll have to have you guys in studio again here come uh, August, September and sure. kind of talk more about these events and remind folks what's going on. But uh, give us that website one more time. And uh, if you want to throw a phone number in there, if that'd be a good way to reach out to you guys for folks to just learn more. Sure. It's samdavishome.org. And that is the best um, place to keep up with what's going on. You can email us, samdavishome.org. You could also um, call us. Our number is 615 615- Four five nine two three four one. All righty. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Even the doggos love history, and the yes. dog event coming up right around the corner. That sounds like a lot of fun, and uh, things coming up now through really the end of the year. So, looking mm-hmm. forward to that. That's Executive Director Jenny Lamb from the historic Sam Davis Home. Jenny, thank you so much for your time this morning, and uh, we'll be catching up with you guys soon. Sure. Thanks for having me. All righty. Coming up in just a couple minutes, we catch up with the Alive Hospice crew, Allie Drescher, our next guest. Due up in just a couple minutes. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll be right back. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. This is Kim Dunaway from Sunshine Nutrition Center. You hear me on Monday mornings at 720 talking about how to lead a healthier lifestyle. We carry supplements, personal care, and grocery items at both our Murfreesboro and Smyrna locations, family-owned and operated since 1989. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. 
In this salute, we talk to a veteran who served in the Marines. Andrew Farr, Marine combat veteran. I was born in Nashville, grew up in uh, New Hampshire, uh, went to boarding school, went to college, and then uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps. Did four years, three combat tours, and then got out in 2008. A combat veteran is not an easy job. No, it wasn't when I was in. And not for the Vietnam vets, uh, not for Korea, World right. War One, World War Two. Those guys had it rough. And I, I did have it rough, but not as not as bad as those guys. Well, that's, that's true. And I think it's because society as a whole is becoming more aware of what we're asking yes. of our military personnel. You said you did three tours. That was uncommon. Back in then. Vietnam, you did one tour, two tours. That was it. But now we have guys doing three, five, six. six. seven. I've known a guy who did eight tours. Uh, we did the Democratic vote in 05 okay. in Iraq. We were a part of that. 2006, eh, not so much humanitarian. Mm -hmm. uh, 2007, definitely humanitarian. We actually helped out Bangladesh in 07 when they had that micro tornado. We gave them food and water and, and uh, helped them uh, recover bodies from the mess. I think that our foreign policy in particular is asking a lot of the men and women yes, sir. in this country. I agree. Andrew Farr, Marine combat veteran. I'm Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally. I'm and Ken Coleman. Now. Join me here on News Radio WGNS. Weekdays live at noon as we answer your questions about your calling, passion, and talent to maximize your potential. All righty, welcome in, folks. You're listening to News Radio WGNS as we kick off the action line here from Alive Hospice, and she's the Grief Center Director, Allie Drescher. Allie, good morning. Good morning. Hey, thanks for joining us, and uh, I wanted to kind of start off by by saying what a cool event, and uh, you know, despite. Uh, not being able to, um, you know, still bring on new members for the event. We still wanted to talk about this because it is a neat event and certainly plenty of time to look forward to it for next year. But this is going to be the Alive Hospice Butterfly release, and that's going to be happening tomorrow morning. Tell us a little bit more about this, and how did you guys land on this idea? This is this is one that caught my eye, and so we got to get these guys on the radio and, and talk about this a little bit. Well, first, I just want to express our appreciation for the opportunity to share about this event the butterfly release has been a part of Alive's history and culture for quite some time. I think that the butterfly in and of itself is really indicative of what we might feel like we're going through towards the end of life for someone we care about and also the grief experience. So I think a lot of us gravitate toward the symbolism of the butterfly itself. And annually, we have a butterfly release event. It's looked a little bit different since COVID last year. We've modified the event so that people can feel safe and comfortable. And tomorrow's event will be a drive-through of sorts so that people can even stay in their cars if they'd like to throughout the event. So even though the shape of the event itself has changed a little bit because of COVID, the heart and integrity of the reason why we do this uh, has remained the same. And that's really to connect people at the time of a loved one's death or afterward, to remind them that they've got a community of others 
who are also experiencing the terminal illness of someone they care about or grief. And just to remember that they're not alone in that journey. I think that that can be so helpful, especially right now in a period of time when we all feel pretty alone. I, I understand. And I know many of us have had family members in hospice care and, uh, uh, you know, that's some of the some of the toughest times you could spend with somebody. It's kind of bittersweet because you want to be with them. You want to spend time with them. But, um, you know, a lot of times they're in pain and just, you know, knowing the situation can make things hard. But I, I love the idea. This is a kind of a symbolic way to remember somebody. And, you know, who doesn't uh, love a butterfly? I mean, they're, they're beautiful creatures. And like you mentioned it, um, you know, it's symbolic of the situation and, and kind of a great way to remember somebody. And you mentioned, you know, folks who are in hospice and maybe who have just passed. What if somebody had passed a few years ago and somebody's just now hearing about this? Is this an event that, uh, you know, folks can be a part of despite maybe two or three, four years ago losing a loved one who was in hospice care? Yes, absolutely. And in fact, it's for anyone that's experienced the death of a loved one or someone with a terminal illness, regardless of their affiliation with Alive. And so this is open to the community at large, regardless of how long it's been since the death occurred. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that, because one thing that Alive is really proud of in our delivery of grief services is that we don't put any restrictions on how long it's been since the death and when you can receive grief support. So, you know, it might be seven years ago, but you start thinking about the loss in a new way and thinking, maybe there's still some things for me to work on there as it relates to my grief. And maybe a little extra support would be beneficial, especially in a very upside down kind of year that we've all experienced. And therefore, our doors are open to you regardless of when that loss occurred, how the death occurred, so no stipulations on the type of death, or no stipulations on your relationship to the deceased. So you might have been a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker, or it might have been a primary caregiver, some, you know, who's perceived significant loss like a mother or a child. But we don't look at relationship to determine uh, who might be grieving or be impacted by that death. And so this event is a great opportunity for anyone who's just feeling like they'd like a little bit more support around their grief, regardless of what the details look like. Grief Center Director with Alive Hospice, Allie Drescher, our guest this morning on the Action Line. We're talking about the butterfly release tomorrow. And, you know, again, we mentioned that um, this the event is kind of filled out. We didn't, you know, get, get too far ahead of it to where we were able to allow folks to be a part of it this year. But they can still... Um, they can still join you guys. They can still be there. Uh, and and you mentioned, you know, folks, if they lost somebody years ago, maybe three, four or five years ago, there's not really a time stamp on that as far as um, participating in the event. What if somebody wants to just be there and see the event and maybe they have or haven't lost a loved one in the past uh, who had been in hospice care, who had been terminally ill? People deal with things differently. If somebody wants to just be there to support other people, which could be beneficial, could help them and, and make them feel uh, you know better. Is that something you guys encourage? Sure, absolutely. And it's a great opportunity to get to know a live care team and who we are and put some faces with names or a website or a phone number that they might call and reach out for for support. So we welcome anyone who wants to uh, just witness the event. And it's good for people to know that this year's event is a drive-by and part of our butterfly release might even be held at home for some people. So when you arrive at the event, if you've purchased butterflies, then you'll be able to pick them up. 
and you can use uh, some of our lovely grounds at our Murfreesboro location to release your butterflies, or you have the opportunity to take them either home or to a place of special significance for you to release the butterflies there. And then in addition to the butterflies themselves, we are also selling butterfly houses, and these are really sweet uh, wooden houses that are made locally in partnership with Goodwill, but can painted by really fabulous volunteers who have painted many, many varieties of butterfly houses for us to sell and are just really beautifying our community overall. But the houses really represent that special space in our hearts and our memories where we create uh, this living legacy of a person's life and create space around our loss. So the house really signifies that. And occasionally uh, butterflies or other insects might land inside when they're seeking shelter from rain or inclement weather. And it's a nice a symbol of the fact that, you know, even though we feel there's a distance from that person and we're not able to have access to them throughout our day like we used to when they were living, um, that their legacy continues on. And it's all about how we honor that in our lives and create space for our grief. So we actually do still have a limited number of houses available for sale. So if somebody did want to arrive at the event and they haven't pre-purchased anything, that is quite all right. There should be a variety of houses that they could still choose from if they're interested. And then absolutely they could observe uh, anyone who's releasing their butterflies at our event that day. Well, I absolutely love the idea. How long have you guys been doing this? And kind of how did this idea uh, come to fruition? What was what was the conversation around it? I know it can obviously uh, really could be a way to bring peace to somebody's uh, situation who lost a loved one. Um, but there's so many assets to this. Uh, how did you guys come up with this idea? Well, we have done butterfly releases for years and years, and they've all taken different formats throughout the years. We also always have a butterfly release at our children's bereavement camp, and camp is coming up in August. If I could just mention that as well, registration is still open. If you've got a child between the ages of 8 and 17 that could benefit from grief camp, uh, they can go to alivehospice.org backslash camps, and our application is there. So the butterfly release is all always a component of that camp too, a really great opportunity for kids to connect with their loss. And in this event, we added the butterfly houses last year as we knew that the event was going to look a little bit different. But our uh, fabulous CEO, Kimberly Gessley, had an idea to actually purchase a butterfly house for the grief center and we hung it on a tree here and at the same time i had been looking for a project that people could do because not everyone wants to talk about their grief so a lot of alive grief centers uh, programs give people an opportunity to connect with their loss maybe not even talking about it so they may be coming together to build something like the butterfly houses they might be coming to a drum circle or a labyrinth walk or a painting night there are all sorts of ways that we can express our grief and our emotions and so we hold events that allow people to do that and that's really how the butterfly house project was born and uh, with kimberly's leadership uh, we discovered the fact that really the butterfly houses are a movement in and of themselves where the community is really getting behind this idea that we can have a different kind of conversation around end of life and grief we can reimagine what that experience is going to look like and as difficult as it is it can also be beautiful and that's what the houses and the butterflies represent 
Our guest this morning on the action line is Allie Drescher from Alive Hospice, and we're talking about the butterfly release event that's going to be tomorrow. Uh, Allie, you're the Grief Center director, and I wanted to ask you kind of a two-parter here. Why is it important to, to face grief, to deal with grief? And it sounds like you guys have put an emphasis on a variety of ways to do so. Um, and why is that important? And I just, you know, off the top of my head, I can think about a, a, my close circle. You know, there are family members and friends who are, um, you know, not as open to discussion, not as open to talking and not as vocal. And then there are other people who are more vocal and, um, you know, kind of easier to tap into when they're going through some troubled times. But uh, it sounds like you guys have put an emphasis on kind of creating a variety of ways to deal with grief that fit each person's um, different situation. Yes, so we do that because twofold, really. We believe that we live in a society that likes to push us through grief as quickly as possible. We live in a fast-fix kind of drive-through culture and one that doesn't create a lot of space for suffering or hurting. You know, we might have someone in our life that's sad and, and we think, oh, we'll, we'll be there for them. But a couple months down the road, it starts. we start to have thoughts like, maybe they should be over this by now, or why haven't they moved on, or when will they be back to the way they were before? And the Grief Center at Alive really provides a space for people to come and engage in their loss, whether that be virtual programming or on-site programming at all five of our locations across Middle Tennessee. It's an opportunity for them to hit the pause button on life and society that's pushing us through quickly and to be with other people that say, we acknowledge the enormity of this loss that you've experienced or for some, the loss that's coming down the road that you're anticipating. And let's just connect with it. The reason we know that's important is because research shows that if we don't confront our grief, then it kind of lingers on, and years down the road it might come out sideways, if you will. We might have symptoms of grief in other areas that impact our functioning, our job, our relationships, and suddenly we realize, ah, it's because really I wasn't given that opportunity to mourn this loss and really connect with my emotions around it. So grief counseling and grief support is from a preventative stance. It's to help you up front so that you can be proactive and learning how to cope with grief that lasts across the lifespan. It isn't like other things, an illness that you get over and recover from. It is something that you learn to live with. And so our programs then allow people to engage in ways that feel most comfortable to them. Uh, not just do we live in the society that wants to push us through. The other unique thing about grief is how highly individualized it is for each person. So, Nick, the way you grieve a loss is going to look different than the way that I might express myself in grief. And we can even uh, respond differently with different losses that we experience in our lives. And so we have this wide array of services that we offer, many of them free of charge, because we want people to be able to engage in that way that's most comfortable for them right now. Today, they might feel like talking about it, but six months from now, they might want to join a choir and sing about it. And so we want to create programs that give people the options to do that. And again, don't rush them through the process. Our guest this morning, we just heard from Allie Drescher, who's the Grief Center Director at Aliva Hospice. Uh, so I'm really glad we tapped into you guys and, and talked about this event. Even though uh, time to purchase butterflies for the release, that time has passed, but still there are houses available, which I think is just as cool of an idea. This is something you can gift to somebody who's maybe dealing with grief or, or bring home for yourself. And uh, that's something you could have for, for years and years and years to come. And it's going to attract other butterflies and insects and bugs and things that you mentioned that uh, will kind of gravitate towards that and make that their new home. And that's, um, you know, something that's alive and something 
that is uh, just we'll we'll continue on and and in that thought we'll you know kind of continue on a loved one who maybe had passed and, and can kind of keep that thought alive. I, you know, you walk outside for your cup of coffee and you see that butterfly house every day. That's going to give you a reminder and it's going to kind of keep them in your thoughts, but maybe in a way that. Um, you know, will will make you feel good. A way that will will bring a smile to your face, and that you know can be hard to think about if you've lost a loved one. But uh, I certainly think that could happen. So certainly, you encourage folks to come out. That's going to be tomorrow, and we're going to recap that time for you here in just a second. But uh, butterfly houses are still available, so that's one thing I'd like to mention for folks. How do they get those? And what is kind of the deadline on that as far as a week from now, are they still going to be available? Is this something that you guys have for sale uh, different times of the year, or is this kind of centered around this event? Great question. So while we do have them available uh, tomorrow at the event, we also have them available for purchase on our website, alivehospice.org. We have a store there and they can see uh, how to order actually a butterfly house or one that hasn't been assembled yet. So if they feel like getting crafty and getting their hands dirty and getting the nails out and their hammer and want a project like that to do, they can purchase the kit with assembly instructions so they can build the house themselves. So that's available all year round. And in addition to that, we also offer unpainted houses. A lot of people like to honor the person who's died um, by using their favorite colors, or maybe they were an MTSU grad and they want to decorate it in that way. Uh, All sorts of variety to personalize the house. So the plain houses can be purchased that are already assembled, and then loved ones can have the opportunity to create them to honor that person specifically. In addition to that, at our Nashville Grief Center location, uh, we invite people to come and use our creative room, which is a beautiful art room and space where they can actually spend some time in the room and have a grief counselor along with them for that journey to kind of process what comes up as they're honoring their loved one so they can uh, engage in creating the house and personalizing it and use all of our art supplies to do that as well. And that's open throughout the year, too. Absolutely love it, and again, I'm I'm really glad we we're able to uh, you know talk to you guys this morning, despite you know being just the day before the event. I think this is a great thing, and and just endless resources that we've learned about this morning that you guys provide uh, that could be helpful to to many of our listeners right now. So, uh, tell us again the time of the event for tomorrow, and if you could let us know maybe for next year, because I know we were talking about this off the air a little bit. There's going to be folks that hear this now, and they're going to think, I want to be a part of this next year. I want to I want to learn more. Um, so if, you know, if we're just looking at next year, if the event comes around mid June, uh, a couple weeks out is when folks need to start kind of thinking about, uh, purchasing butterflies and, and, um, getting involved would be kind of a good idea. Maybe a couple weeks prior if they, if they hear about the event next year. Sure. So for tomorrow, it's 9 to 11 a.m. in the parking lot of our Murfreesboro residents and offices at 1629 Williams Drive. And then for next year, um, probably two things that they could do if they're interested in learning more would be to sign up for our newsletter at our website, alivehospice.org, and that will make sure that they receive the notification when the orders for butterflies go live next year, and then also when the date is published for the release events as well. And the other thing is on our website, we've got a dedicated page to this event. It's simply alivehospice.org backslash butterfly. So pretty easy to find. It talks about our ideas and intention behind the event and then all of the updated information uh, for tomorrow. And then soon we'll be updated with next year's information as well. 
Well, I can tell you right now, I would love to have you guys on next year and uh, get out ahead of the event a little bit and talk about this again because I love the idea and I think this is a, a great resource for the community. Um, and, you know, folks that are maybe hearing about this for the first time, get on that newsletter, sign up, and uh, be a part of what you guys have going on. Like I said, there's a lot, of, a lot of resources you guys are providing that we learned about here in the last 20 minutes that I think are very valuable, especially for somebody who is dealing with grief. Well, we really appreciate the opportunity and hope that folks really hear that Alive is available to serve the community at large. Again, no restrictions on who, when, what, or why, but our doors are wide open to you. And we never turn away people based on inability to pay for grief support. So feel free to reach out to us, and, and it would be an honor to support you in your journey. One final time, that was Allie Drescher joining us from the Alive Hospice Group, and uh, we're talking about the butterfly release that's going to be tomorrow. Uh, but certainly we'll keep the information coming, and uh, you guys will have to be on again. We uh, love what you're all about. So thanks again for your time this morning, and uh, looking forward to a, a good day tomorrow. Thank you. Looking forward to the butterfly release program tomorrow. More information on the website for that, folks, or you can go back and re-listen to this interview just as soon as we wrap up the show. If you head over to the Action Line podcast section, you can find this show and all the other Action Line shows right there on News Radio WGNS. We'll take a quick time out. We'll be back. This is Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, WGNS, Murfreesboro. Higher prices putting a strain on farmers. Hello and welcome to Tennessee Home and Farm Radio. I'm Thomas Camps. Everything else has gone upside. That's what's killing us. If you've made a trip to the grocery store lately, you've probably noticed an increase in your grocery bill as food prices have gone up. Food isn't the only thing going up, though. Farm materials like feed, fertilizer, and even lumber have all increased dramatically in price in the last year. Experts say it's the worst inflation Americans have seen since 2008, caused in part by the economic instability due to the pandemic and a major increase in government spending. That's hurting local farmers' bottom line, like McMinn County Farm Bureau President Rush Guthrie, who mainly produces beef cattle. We have to vaccinate a lot. We sell our cattle in the certified sales, and uh, all the medicine we have to buy, it is unbelievable what it costs. You know what? It costs to go to a doctor. Well, when you go to buy medicine, that's just the same thing for cattle. Of course, feed has gone up. See, corn's over seven dollars a bushel now, and that's so that's double from what it was last uh, the last year, more than doubled. Guthrie says cattle markets are already unstable with the pandemic, and fears inflation can make that worse. I've always heard this all my life. High high feed makes cheap cattle, and that it works that way. If the feed gets high. Cattle get cheaper. This is the worst year uh, that we're in now in the cattle industry demand to make it survive. Row crop producers like Caleb Spencer in Madison County says prices on their end are skyrocketing too. Coronavirus now is affecting, you know, a year later, you know, trying to get tire, certain tires. Um, and I mean, I don't use lumber, but if I did, want, you know, needed to build something, a structure. That would make it difficult now. Despite the struggle of inflation, at 83 years old, Guthrie says there's nothing he'd rather do. I've been blessed uh, with land and uh, health. For Tennessee Home and Farm Radio, I'm Thomas Caps. We'll see mostly sunny skies this afternoon, high in the mid-90s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, a low near 69. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 70.
Good morning over in Williamson County. They're still working that nasty crash on the interstate over there on 840 eastbound at Columbia Pike. Again, that's over in that part of Williamson County. Uh, if you're heading that direction, it's still a mess. Traffic's picked up even more out here in the last few minutes up and down Thompson Lane. And, of course, 231 coming in from Shelbyville. Gatlinburg Wine Cellar is home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check it out at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. And a final weather and traffic update for you this hour. We got news coming up for you at the top of the hour, both local and CBS News. Truman Jones coming up next hour with some live music from Johnny B and the Balladeers. So make sure to stick around for that in the 10 o'clock hour. I'll be right back here with you for Rutherford Issues. I'd just like to wish all the fathers out there a happy Father's Day. Don't forget about Dad this weekend. That is going to be Sunday. And, uh, of course, spend some time with Dad if you can this weekend. Think about him and... Uh, it's all about dad this weekend. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. We're going to take one more quick time out. we got CBS News and local news coming up for you here in just a few minutes. And one final reminder, our good neighbor of the day today, that's Teresa Patrick. She's a good neighbor of the day for, uh, well, just being a great neighbor, willing to help in any way possible, and uh, taking a walk after a special stressful day with a friend so Teresa will receive some flowers from Ryan Flowers coffee and gifts as well as us here at News Radio WGNS and a look at our birthday winner this morning that is David Douglas David Douglas got the shout out from his mom and dad and wife Sandy this morning helping them celebrate his birthday today for June 18th so head on over we got some banana pudding for you waiting at Slick Pigs Barbecue David enjoy that and uh, enjoy the birthday weekend we'll be right back with you guys in just a few minutes Get your good neighbor events to us in writing two weeks before they occur. We'll put them on the radio and the internet. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. If you've got an iPhone, we have an app for that. If you're an Android user, we have an app for that, too. You can listen to us anywhere, on air and on demand. WGNS. We're News Radio WGNS. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. CEO Radio, I'm Ray Hoffman. In helping corporations become more responsible to more people instead of just the shareholders, the nonprofit New York-based research firm Just Capital has become a significant player. Its extensive annual surveys have helped some major American corporations become better aligned with the American public. At a recent conference board forum, Just Capital CEO Martin Whitaker went to great lengths to explain how corporate change is a slow and deliberate process. That goes through recognition internally within companies, disclosure publicly, gathering data and information, and then taking action based on that information, and then looking beyond the boundaries of your own company. One firm that Whitaker says is well on to that process is Hewlett-Packard. Very strong on equity. Talked to the CEO recently. They set very clear, concrete goals. They're looking, for example, to double the number of Black and African-American executives in management by 2025. So concrete target and being public about it. More in the next CEO Radio. I'm Ray Hoffman. At Johns Hopkins, I'm Elizabeth Tracy. Deaths from heart disease declined a lot until the last decade and then began to level off. Ditto for deaths from certain cancers, a recent study finds. 
William Nelson, director of the Kimmel Cancer Center at Johns Hopkins, says there is a common denominator. Certainly, I think if you look broadly at cancer mortality declines and you look by specific diseases, then profound declines. But if you look at diseases like pancreas cancer, gallbladder cancer, liver cancer, they may actually even be on the rise. And so I think what they're seeing here is that obesity may be a contributor to why these are on the rise in that they're tracking with heart disease mortality where obesity may be a contributor. Nelson notes that just as with many risk factors for both cancer and heart disease, obesity is within an individual's control and should be acknowledged as risky. He says that since obesity develops over time, people should monitor their weight and intervene early. At Johns Hopkins, I'm Elizabeth Tracy. Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett, hitting right at what matters most to all of us here in the heart of Tennessee. Weekday mornings at 10 on WGNS, AM, FM, and online. The Doug Young Educator of the Month from News Radio, WGNS, and City Tile and Floor Covering spotlights Harley Morphis, seventh grade science teacher at Blackman Middle School. I became an educator because I have a passion for science and I wanted to instill that in my very own students. What I enjoy most about teaching is getting to know the students on a more personal level, getting to know their ins and outs, what makes them laugh, and what they're passionate about. Harley Morphis, seventh grade science teacher at Blackman Middle School, the Educator of the Month. One of my biggest achievements this year is not only teaching through pandemic, but figuring out ways to engage my students by doing labs, hands-on activities, and also getting virtual guest speakers to come in and talk with my kids about potential careers they could have in the future. Before I retire, one thing I hope to accomplish is to help aid in policy changes within education as they are much needed. Seventh grade science teacher Holly Morphis at Blackman Middle School, the Doug Young Educator of the Month, sponsored by City Tile and Floor Covering on Spring Street. This is Chip Walters, and I'll have Middle Tennessee football and basketball games for you right here. MTSU Sports on WGNS AM, FM, online. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. News Radio WGNS Murfreesboro, the voice of Rutherford.